Next, this month's special series focus on geriatric medicine and aging. ReachMD talks to experts about new thinking and innovations in the treatment of conditions of the aging body and mind. Physician house calls may seem old-fashioned, but with recent Medicare reimbursement changes, more physicians are choosing to provide care at their patients' homes. Can and should house calls be integrated into your practice? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Friedman, and joining us to discuss the return of house calls is Dr. Wayne McCormick, Professor of Medicine at the University of Washington Department of Medicine, Division of Gerontology and Geriatric Medicine at Harborview Medical Center in Seattle, Washington. Thanks for being with us, Dr. McCormick. Thanks for having me, Lee. Now, house calls, I think of as commonplace in the past, but not so common these days. How did house calls originate, and what has been their history? Well, house calls probably originated since the beginning of medicine. That's likely where medical care was provided up until the very recent history of the human race. Certainly in Europe, it's been common practice all along. So as Europe has developed, house calls have remained a mainstay of primary care throughout developed Western Europe and really throughout Europe generally. And of course, that carried over to the United States. House calls were the main way patients received medical care up until the last century, by and large, with the development of inpatient and hospital medicine. And so before World War II, probably lots of people were used to having doctors come to their house and receive direct medical care at individuals' homes. And certainly a lot of people still alive remember a doctor coming to see him at home. Well, I'm a geriatrician, so that's easy to say for me. Uh But I think that still is true. Well, I can tell you that I'm not quite 50, and I certainly remember having an earache and the pediatrician showing up at my house when I was a child. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Has it been mainly economics that have driven this practice to kind of fade to the background? I think it's more complex than that, Lee. It certainly has quite a bit to do with economics and how the evolution of the way physicians are paid over time has changed during the last half century or so. But it also has to do with the complexity of our lives, the development of medical systems, our lives being physicians' lives or other providers' lives have gotten more complicated in a lot of ways with regards to the infrastructure of medicine and the way things are billed and the way our visits are recorded in the medical record and otherwise. What we can do in the office and in the hospital has changed dramatically over the past several decades. Mm -hmm. So I think it's driven by all kinds of things. That complexity of our urban and rural community has changed. It's maybe harder to get around these days, even though transportation has evolved tremendously. That doesn't mean it's easy (laughs) to move around a modern American city. So I think it's a lot of different factors have evolved over time that have impacted the way medical care in the homes occurred. As I think about a house call, there are probably things that can be garnered from that type of visit that might not be evident in a standard office visit. Are there positives like that that have been demonstrated? Oh, sure. There's enormous number of things that can be gleaned via a house call that cannot be gleaned in a clinic visit or seeing somebody in the hospital. Some of them may be hard to articulate, Mm -hmm. but you know, as soon as you walk into a home, even on the outside of the house, you can get a good feel for how functional a person is. You know, is the yard taken care of? or the shingles falling off the roof? That's maybe both function and economics that might go into your understanding of a patient in their environment. Mm-hmm. But entering a home, 
you can immediately appreciate, you know, is this a loving, caring, supportive environment, or is this a frankly dangerous environment? Dangerous with regards to abuse, perhaps an older or debilitated person, or just dangerous with regards to hygiene or access to food and sustenance. Fortunately, most house calls occur in a supported environment. Otherwise, the person wouldn't be able to stay there in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because you're entering a loving, supporting environment usually, or at least the environment of family and friends. So you enter that environment, you can appreciate whether the person's really got support or not. So all those kinds of things are apparent when you enter somebody's home. Certain things start to make sense if you've been seeing the patient in the office, like maybe they're disheveled when they arrive at your office, and you can tell why that is when you walk into somebody's house, or maybe they're malnourished, and you find out that there's not a calorie worth of sustenance in the home Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. them to see. When I enter a home, I usually do what I call a refrigerator biopsy. (laughs) <laughs> so I'll, just, I'll just walk in the kitchen, open the fridge, mm-hmm. and, you know, there may be all kinds of wonderful, unique foods in there, or there may be nothing. The fridge may not even be hooked up to AC current, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it may be a culture for various and sundry species of fungus. I also usually do a medicine cabinet biopsy. I'll ask a person, can I just see what's in your medicine cabinet? And, you know, I have never been turned down for either one of those things. People mm-hmm. say, oh, sure. And, you know, you see all kinds of things that people may or may not be taking in their medicine cabinet. You just don't see that in the office. An enormous number of things can be learned about somebody's environment and function and just about them as a person when you make a house call. That makes good sense. And I can remember following a visiting nurse as a uh, medical student and being shocked to see somebody who has trouble ambulating, the way the furniture was set up was suboptimal, or as you mentioned, lots of canned soups in a congestive heart failure patient's cupboard. And I think many of us can appreciate the things that you're pointing out that you can glean. Yeah, big salt load there in those canned soups. You know what's terrific about what you said, Lee, is that you actually did go to do a house call when you were a medical student. That's become part of the curriculum in a lot of medical schools and certainly in things like geriatric fellowship curricula and curriculum for a lot of at least internal medicine and family medicine trainees. If you've never done a house call, chances are excellent you won't do one when you get out into practice. I mean, doctors just don't like doing what they don't feel comfortable or haven't been exposed to. So that has become part of curriculum, and so I think there's a lot more embracing of at least the idea of making a house call when you enter practice if you've seen one when you're a med student or a resident. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD Radio, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Friedman, and joining us to discuss the return of house calls is Dr. Wayne McCormick, professor of medicine at the University of Washington Department of Medicine in Seattle. Dr. McCormick, should we want to incorporate house calls into our practices, can you comment on ways to organize this, both practically fitting into your schedule, what things are appropriate for house calls and which you would recommend against, and reimbursement issues? Sure. Happy to, Lee. There's a lot of different ways that house calls are currently incorporated into different primary care physician and geriatricians work week. There is a rather substantial cadre of providers now who do nothing but house calls. There are fairly large groups and individual practices around the country of providers who like this work so much that 
they do that alone, or perhaps they mix house calls and assisted living visits with nursing home visits and never again enter the clinic or hospital. That is a viable way of practice. Because of changes in reimbursement, providers can actually make a living doing such a thing. By and large, you need to make 8 to 10 house calls a day to make what a usual outpatient physician or provider can make as far as income goes. And the reimbursement is adequate for the driving time if you're in a city, parking fees, and if you're in a more rural area, you have to drive longer? Well, right. And those things you mentioned, Lee, the spectrum of your overhead changes. So a lot of physicians who practice in clinics are used to a lot of their income going to overhead to pay Mm -hmm. the electric bill and the medical records and billing fees, pay for the nurses and other assistants that one might need in a clinic practice. A lot of that falls by the wayside when you're a nomad making Mm -hmm. house calls, assisted living visits, etc. But other things do start to enter into your overhead. Namely, you've got to have a medical record system. Unfortunately, there's excellent mobile technology to keep track of medical records these days in the form of laptop computers, of course. But, you know, your fees for parking and the occasional parking ticket you get, that becomes becomes your new overhead. Uh You can make effective house calls with a stethoscope and love in your heart. So those are the two main things that you need. But house calls have also become fairly high-tech in a lot of areas these days because of mobile technology. So it's not unusual for house call providers to have a pulse oximeter in their pocket or around their neck on a little amulet. They're actually quite small these days and easy to lose. Uh, You can also hook up EKG leads to your laptop and get a good 12-lead EKG. There are mobile laboratory mechanisms. This requires a little more sophistication and does add into overhead a bit, but you can get a fairly elaborate panel via finger stick these days of laboratory data in the home. So it depends on the things that you need and the level of sophistication you want, but you can essentially provide fairly high-tech services in the home, and a lot of practices do just that. Now, there are also an enormous number of primary care providers these days for which house calls is a small part of their practice. For them, the European model is germane, and that is a lot of physicians in England, in the Netherlands, in France, and Germany will spend a lot of time in the office during the day, and then for a half of a half day, several days a week, they'll make house calls. And a substantial number of older people in Europe and England expect that as part of their care. If they request a house call and you say, well, you don't do that, you know, they'd say, well, what's the okay. matter with you? You're mm-hmm. a doctor, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's the norm for those doctors, and that's become so ingrained in practice that the office shuts down at that time, so you're not incurring the office overhead while you're out and about. Mm-hmm. A lot of American providers will still incur the office overhead when they go out, but fortunately, the codes for billing for house calls is favorable enough where that's actually reasonable for a lot of primary care providers in this country. You can generally glean about three to four times the payment for a house call that you could for an office visit for the same amount of time. That's very interesting and important to know. Mm -hmm. And I imagine the doctors who are doing this as only part of their practice have their stethoscope and maybe a portable otoscope, ophthalmoscope, and a blood pressure cuff. Are there other essentials in terms of equipment? I think you mentioned the essentials. And again, this varies so tremendously 
from one practice to another. You know, there are some cardiologists who make house calls, and they're only dealing with cardiology items. So mm-hmm. the items you mentioned in the EKG is about all they would need. You know, others may need hardly anything because they might be working in concert with a visiting nursing service or home health agency who's doing a lot of the data gathering for them. So it's going to vary quite a bit in what people need, but I think the items you mentioned are the essentials. Many of us, I imagine, are used to having visiting nurses. When is a physician house call appropriate versus sending a visiting nurse? Visiting nurses and home health agencies are, at least at this point in time, a bit more restricted in who they can deliver home services to than providers are, than physicians and nurse practitioners. Generally speaking, home health agencies aren't able to see people at home unless they meet the formal definition of being homebound, which isn't that restrictive, really. It just means you can't leave the home without a fair amount of effort. People do still leave the home who are homebound, but need some effort to do so. That is not restriction that applies to physicians. So a physician can certainly make a house call on people who aren't formally homebound, but you know that's not to say we necessarily need to. I certainly do make some house calls on people who aren't formally homebound, but I must say the majority of people I do house calls on do meet that same definition that a home health agency would be expected to adhere to. Well, that certainly makes very excellent sense, and and I want to very much thank Dr. Wayne McCormick from the Department of Medicine and Gerontology and Geriatric Medicine at Harborview Medical Center in Seattle, Washington, for discussing with us the resurgence of the house call in American medicine. He pointed out that certain changes in reimbursement along with other incentives have fueled this uptick in this type of visit and all the positives that may come out of such a visit in terms of caring for our patients. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable from ReachMD Radio, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD online, on demand, and on air. Please also visit us at ReachMD.com. And thank you for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Geriatric Medicine and Aging. For a program guide and a complete list of shows, visit us at ReachMD.com.